In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti, Christ is risen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the Pentecost period, and we said the theme of the Pentecost period is new life with our Lord. And it's about new life with our bridegroom. And every week the church is teaching us something about life with Christ. So the second week we read about Christ being the bread of life. Last week we read about Christ as the living water. And today, in the gospel of today, which was from John chapter 12, we see that the Lord is the light of the world. The light of the world. And today we want to understand what this expression means for us. What does it mean that Christ is the light of the world? To really understand this idea, I think we need to go back to the very, very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, the origin of the universe. If we go to Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. So the beginning was darkness. The beginning was darkness. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. What is interesting to me in this passage, we all know that a light, light eliminates darkness. Where there is light, there is no darkness. But when God created the world, in his wisdom, he allowed there to be a time for light and a time for Darkness for them to be like to coexist together. And we saw in verse 5, he said, He called the light day and he called the darkness the night. And this is very interesting because now, if you compare the earth now with heaven, in heaven we know there is no darkness, no darkness. Like, for instance, if you now, if you go to the very last chapter of the Bible. Revelations chapter 22, St. John writes, There shall be no night there, no need for a lamp, nor light for the, of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. So the question I was thinking about, if Christ is the true light, and in heaven there is no darkness, why did God allow there to be darkness in our present time? On this earth. And it seems to me that God in His wisdom allows us to experience darkness every night. And He did this even before the fall. He did this to show Adam, to like keep him on his watch, as a warning for eternal darkness. As a warning for eternal darkness. And just as God separated light and darkness, He will separate the righteous from the from the unrighteous. Darkness was supposed to be a daily reminder to Adam and Eve every day. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge. Do not do it. If you eat from this tree, you will be in darkness. And that's why the church, in its wisdom, prepares us every night to go to sleep. It prepares us for this darkness for, by the prayers of the midnight hour. It prepares us for this darkness by telling us we should keep vigil. It's not that the church hates sleep. It's that our church does not like laziness. We, we don't have a problem with sleep. 
We just prefer light. We prefer the light. We prefer to praise God over then to be in darkness. And sin is darkness. Sin is darkness. And if we live in sin, we live in darkness. We live in death. Now that's a funny thing to say. We live in death. How does one live in death? That's what like eternal condemnation will be. It is living in death and darkness. But thanks be to God, we are not meant for that place because we do not live in sin. Until you live in sin? No, we don't live in sin. The Christian repents from his sin. The Christian comes to the true light. Because light is essential to life. You cannot live without light. Without light, there would be no life. The plants, they cannot survive without light. The animals cannot live without light. Humans, we cannot live without light. So light is essential to life. And that's why God in His wisdom, if you look you know, at the system of the world, like of the planets, all the planets, they revolve around the sun. All of them, they revolve around the sun. Why? Because the sun is necessary for life. And just as the planets revolve around the sun, this is an image of ourselves. How we should, our lives should revolve around Christ, the true light. Christ, the true light. Because life and light go together. And that's why St. John in his gospel, he says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. From the sun we get life, the S-U-N sun we get life, and from the S-O-N sun, the sun, we get eternal life. The problem is, is, is that if we examine our life, we might say Christianity is our priority, but in actuality, maybe Christ is not at the center of our life. There was a a famous, I think he's an American economist, I was trying to find who he was but I couldn't. His name is Gordon Dahl, you can look him up. He's an American economist and he said something about society that I think reflects, you know, our situation. He said, most middle class Americans tend to worship their work. The work, work at their play and play at their worship. Most middle class Americans tend to worship their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. And sadly, I think this has become an accurate description of our society. We worship our work, our priorities, our money, our career, all of that stuff. Then we work for our play. We plan extravagant vacations, we organize outings, we do all of these things, details, and we do, we work at our, like at our play. And then when we come to the church, we come to the church to play. <laughs> and that's why you know, we need to take our prayer life seriously. We need to take our Bible seriously. We need to take repentance seriously. We need to take our service seriously. We're not coming to the church to to play. We're coming to the church to pray. And in the gospel of today, we see that people, they didn't operate with Christ at, their, at the center of their world. Yani, we see the Pharisees. Who was at the center of the Pharisees' world? We see the, the praise of men. Our Lord says, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So what is at the center of the world of the Pharisees? It is not 
God, it is the praise of man. And so, and this is like many people, they try to do any, a lot of things to fit in with man. Sometimes we like to put ourselves at the center of the world. This is what Eve did when she desired to be like God. She put herself in the center. No, we do not put anything else in the center. Christ is the center in everything that we do. Our life, everything in our life revolves around Christ. That's why we eat before we pray. That's why we plan vacations around. This is our job is affected by everything that we do is affected because Christ is at the center of our life. That's the first meaning of Christ being the light of the world. He is the center of our world. Another meaning to Christ being the light of the world is that light provides guidance to the soul. It's hard to know where you are going in the dark. Imagine you are driving at night and no one has headlights, there's no lights on the highway. That would be disaster. That would be a disaster. You wouldn't be able to see the other cars. You wouldn't, and if you didn't have a compass, you wouldn't even know which direction you're going. You, know, you could be going this way, and you don't, and you want to go this way, but you're going this way, and you have no idea because you have no reference. If if, if it's completely dark. And that's what our Lord said in the Gospel of today. He said, "He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going." And I think this is so true in our era, because now we live in an era of confusion. Everybody is confused about, and I'm confused about everything. Yeah, we used to live in an information age, now we say we're in the disinformation age. And now you have news, you have fake news, you have philosophies and you have religions, and you have, you have so many different competing ideologies from everywhere. And how do you know which one to believe? How do you know which one to believe? And even like the acts of today, I think, highlights this confusion. They see St. Paul, he does a miracle and heals a crippled man, and they say, the gods have come down, and here's Zeus and Hermes, his chief speaker. And then you know what's so interesting? They're, they're about to sacrifice to these people. And then at the end of the acts, you know what it says? It says, then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. How did they go from worshipping him to stoning him? Just information confusion. They don't know what they're doing. They're just going this way, this way, this way, and just believing and hearing different things. When I ask this, this is the way our society is becoming. We just hear information, we take it as truth, that someone else says something else, and it's just lagbata. And this is not the way we are supposed to be. And parents confused by their kids, kids confused by their parents, and many confused about their purpose, and who should they should marry, and who, Ya Rabbi, like confusion. Everything is confusion. And where to go, and where not to go. We need to have, like, if the light is illuminating our path, we will have direction. We have a purpose. We know where we are headed. And one of the beautiful verses... In the scripture, is from the Psalms, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. A light to my path. So I know where I am going. And, Yanni, when you think about a lamp to my path in the scripture, it doesn't mean I know, like, like the future. Imagine holding a candle in front of you. The candle illuminates around you, just around you. And I feel like God in His wisdom, 
يعني if you are looking and searching the scripture God just gives you enough to illuminate in front of you to move in front of you and this is enough for us so each person search the scripture and see what the Lord is telling them how to move in front of them yeah you don't need to know about 20 years you need to know right now what's happening now how to move now the last thing about light is that light provides warmth light provides warmth light is energy and energy is warmth and because like this world without the true light it will become very cold become a very cold and our Lord said this he said and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold without God in our life we will be cold cold we become stiff we become hard but Yanni, when you guys go on vacation, don't you love to just sit in the sun and enjoy the sun? Enjoying the sun is very nice. It's so beautiful. And feeling the warmth of God is amazing. It's so beautiful. And that's why, Yanni, I was reading, like, uh, I, I have some vivid memories of Father Arsani. We have his book. He was uh, like a Russian priest in the time of oppression in a concentration camp in Russia. And, and Abuna Matta, he said the same words in his, in his book, Orthodox Prayer Life. He said, whenever physical hunger turned cruel against me, I found gratification in prayer. Whenever the biting cold of winter was unkind to me, I found warmth in prayer. Whenever people were harsh to me, and their harshness was severe indeed, I found my comfort in, in prayer. And this is also what St. Paul said. He said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. When you feel the warmth of the Savior, the warmth of the Savior is so nice. And the warmth of the Savior brings us in. And that's why we want to become sons of light. That was the first part about Christ as light. How to become sons of light. I love the light, so I want to be in the light. And when I am in the light, I will become a son of light. But you have to believe. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is one of the things that's interesting in the gospel of today. It says in the gospel, although he had done so many signs before them, they did not, they did not believe. Even though Christ did so many signs and did so many wonders, they did not believe. And I want you to compare and contrast this with Wahadzai like Nathaniel. Like Nathaniel, you know the story of Nathaniel? He was coming toward the Lord and the Lord told him, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel said... How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And then what did Nathanael say? Truly you are the Son of God. Because God told him he was sitting under a fig tree, he believed. That was it. That's it. Just he's under a fig tree, that's, that was all it took for Nathanael to believe. When to, how much does it take for us to believe? How many wonders and signs does God need to do for us to believe and to, for us to trust in Him? 
It should be enough that we've seen what we have seen. The, the, the last thing that I want to leave with you is we can become sons of light by loving one another. By loving one another. There's a beautiful prayer by St. Francis of Assisi. Hear this prayer. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where, is, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, let me sow pardon. Where there is doubt, let me sow faith. Where there is despair, let me sow hope. Where there is darkness, let me sow light. Where there is sadness, let me sow joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in the pardoning that we are pardoned, it is dying that we are born to eternal life. This world is full of darkness, but guess what? It is full of the sons of light. And you have a duty as sons of light to share light to the world, to be the light of the world, to be salt of the earth. Go and spread light. I love this. Where there is hatred. I want to say, oh, there's too much hatred at the church. There's no one, no one like, all this stuff. No. Where there is hatred, you have a duty to sow love. Where there is injury, you sow part. Your responsibility to do this. As sons of light, I hope today we think about Christ as our true light. We are revolving around Him. He is the center of everything. And glory be to God forever. Amen.